And we're back, Dudes of Davy, October 23rd, NBA season opener eve, baseball, ALS, and NLCS going on. There's a ton happening in the sports world as usual. And I'm here with my co-host, Lonnie Greenberg, and uh, uh, once again, a friend of the pod, Andrew Geiger, who's going to bring us some pearls of wisdom from uh, New Orleans about how amazing the Pelicans are going to be and how Zion's going to have a breakout year. I can't wait to hear about it. Andrew, welcome to the pod. What's up, dudes? Always a pleasure. Glad to be back. Now, Lon, um, I'm going to give you the floor because I think the the wound is fresh. Uh, The Phillies have lost game six at home, which I'm not going to lie, a little surprising. Um, How are you feeling right now? I'm feel look. I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic because that's just how this series has gone. It's just gone back and forth, unpredictable. I, I look. I am surprised that Aaron Nola got shelled. That that I was surprised. It wasn't just you know we we lost. We we got pretty beat down. Final score was five one. Five one. Yeah, I think five one. Okay. Five or six one. Um, yeah. So game seven. You know what? We're at home. We have the best fans in baseball. I think the loudest. I think we have the loudest crowd in baseball now. A real home field advantage, and the Diamondbacks are they're solid. I mean they they deserve to be here. But yeah, look. Obviously, I'm a little bit more nervous now. <laughs> Clearly, I mean the Phillies have hit 23 home runs in the playoffs so far. That's an unbelievable number in 12 games. Uh, I think really what the strategy now is for the Diamondbacks is that. They're really not going to let Schwarber and Harper beat them. They're, they're going to force Turner, Castellanos, Stott, all of those guys to step up. And, you know, I think those guys were pressing a little too much tonight, and that, that's what happens. Um, and then, obviously, the starting pitching is – look, this whole series has been weird because, you know, Kimbrell basically blew two games. It's just, it's just been a weird series. But I think game seven – I'm optimistic, and not just because uh, that's my team. I, I, I actually am optimistic. I feel like they're going to come through in a big game. So who pitches Game 7 for the Phillies? Uh, it's going to be Ranger Suarez. Okay. So, and he's been, he's been very calm and cool in some pretty tight moments. Uh, so I think he'll be ready. Hopefully he can give us at least five, and then it's a bullpen game. So Geiger, I guess uh, your boy, or excuse me, ex-boy, Wheeler, did a pretty nice job in Game Five. Um, what does it feel like watching him pitching in the uh, NLCS? Yeah, I mean, as as a Mets fan, I have a hatred of the Phillies, obviously, mm-hmm. but I do it. I mean, this group is kind of fun, you know, a bunch of bearded buffoons like hitting bombs and the, the stadium's going crazy. And you know, I like Bryce Harper's attitude and you know, staring down opposing players and whatnot. Uh, Wheeler. Obviously, he's good. He's the Mets made a terrible decision. I don't think it would have happened in the Steve Cohen era. That was a Wilpon move. Um, just didn't have the money. Thanks, Bernie Madoff. Um, but I, I, honestly, I think the Phillies are in trouble in Game Seven uh, because the Diamondbacks have nothing to lose. Right? This this team really shouldn't even be here. Right. But they swept the Dodgers. You know, forcing a Game Seven in Philly is. I, I thought the series would end tonight. Um, so, you know, game seven is going to be really interesting. And I think the, I don't know who's pitching for the Diamondbacks. I don't even think it really matters. I just think that the team is scrappy enough to hang around. And, uh, you know, I think all the pressure is going to be on the Phillies. I, I would make a comment that also on these baseball playoffs, uh, I can't believe, you know, forgetting the fact that the Diamondbacks, even the Dodgers was crazy, but I really do believe 
that the second round of the playoffs should be seven games. I think, 100%. It's, I think it's insane that it's five games because in a five-game series, you just got to get hot, and then all of a sudden it's over. Uh, I don't know. I mean, and especially if you're down 2-0, you start managing that third game like, it, like it's the end of your season. So I just feel like it's, it's a disservice to the fans. It's a disservice to the teams that work so hard to get into those positions. And uh, I just, I'd love to see that change made. And there's no reason for it. I mean, your season's 162 games. I mean, have a seven-game series in the playoffs. Right, exactly. Just, come on. So it's two more games, right, exactly. Yeah, why are you trying to squeeze in the playoffs when you've bled out the whole season for six months? Right. I, I agree with that 100%. It's funny that you brought up this bearded, scrappy Phillies team, and they're, they're likable. This is the 30-year anniversary of the, uh, of the Phillies 93 team. So we, we tend to get yeah. these... Uh, the, these rusty, rustic teams that come in, but I love this Darren team. Darren Dalton. Love Darren, Darren Dalton. Dalton. Uh, Crook. I love that team. Man, Dal- uh, Dalton was great. Mitch Williams yeah. letting up the home run. But this, yeah. I, I love this team. This team is, is, is a great team, and they're fun to watch. Uh, right now, as we're speaking, the Rangers are beating up on the Astros, which I think makes everyone in the world outside of Houston happy. Um, I'm, I'm not going to lie, you know, Andrew told us the score was 8-2 and, you know, it's like the fourth or fifth inning and I have zero confidence, literally zero confidence know, right? that this lead is safe. Um, I just, you know, I have the Rangers, am I, am I incorrect in saying that Chapman hasn't played this and hasn't pitched this entire series? I don't know, but I can tell you that Major League Baseball, after having, you know, attendance was way up this year with the pitch clock and all that stuff. I think it's kind of a nightmare if they get a Texas Arizona World Series. That's I mean, a- I can tell you that I, I don't really have much interest in in watching that, and I'm 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 a baseball fan. Like I'll watch it just because it's the World Series, right. but I I don't have any rooting interest for at all with those teams. Right. I they, agree. They want Texas and and the uh, Phillies. I think that's what they want. I, I mean, look, Houston. They want Houston and Houston and the Phillies. Well, well look, Houston is like the team that everyone hates. But yeah, you know, if they win again, I think like pe- nobody will watch baseball again. Like it's like it's like that. That's how upsetting it is. Like like how insane is it that they're letting Abreu pitch tonight? It's like like you could actually like give them something. Like that would be just like w- taking one token back here in like their cheating scandal. Like okay, fine, give them a little bit of a bad break where it's actually like deserved. It's like come on, they don't even do that. It's it's frustrating. Yeah, I would really love to see the Astros lose. Uh, and, and my and the misery of that team, and uh, you know I don't you know obviously Texas Phillies that'd be fun. It would be. It'd be fun. I I am full disclosure. I am going to Dallas on Saturday night if it's the Rangers and Phillies to go watch with a with a good friend of mine who's a Rangers fan. So, cool. so I, I got, like it. I got I like something it. in this. That, that's definitely. Yeah, I've, heard, I've heard that stadium is awesome. Yeah, I, I hope it happens for a lot of reasons. Well, we'll know in twenty four, twenty six hours. We will. Um, so that's baseball. Ba- look, ba- one last thing on baseball, real quick. I've watched a few games this year. C- clearly, I would be watching regardless of these rule changes. But I got to tell you, the game is a lot more exciting because uh, you are seeing more stolen bases. You are seeing things move quicker. I, I just, I really do feel like. Playoff baseball is like kind of watching a different sport right now. Listen, 30 minutes shaved off the average length of a game. It's a huge difference. It's a huge difference for 
I think the general baseball fan, and then if you're a if you're a family guy and you got younger kids, saving that 30 minutes makes a big difference. Those kids can stay up a little bit later and watch the end of a game. I mean, there were times this season when I was checking ESPN at like 9.45 and games were over. And I was like, wait a second, how's the game over already? Usually didn't end until 10, 10, 10, 15. But, but, right, exactly. But it also changes the game too. Like you're watching these like really tight playoff games and you're like, oh man, that, that guy who's like not one of the top four fastest guys in the leagues could definitely steal third, right? Where right. it's like, it just opens up so many different scenarios that you, and, and the pickoff rules I like, uh, all of it, stepping out of the box. It, it, it just, the game just feels smoother. I agree. So I'm going to ask you guys a random question about football and then we're going to go right into the NBA. Mm-hmm. But Dolphins Eagles last night, I watched the game, had fantasy football interest. I can't stand the Dolphins. I don't love the Eagles, but, you know, Lon, because of you, I actually root for them more than I ever would. It's nice of you. I appreciate, I appreciate it. No problem. A.J. Brown, Jalen Hurts, and my son's fantasy team, so that helps too. Uh, so there were 10 penalties called on the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. There were zero called on the Eagles. Okay, so that's a pretty big disparity. It's a little weird. And I'm checking Twitter several hours ago, and I thought I saw Mike McDaniel's Twitter account. I'm fairly certain I did. And it walked through all of the non-calls that were made against the Eagles. Yeah, someone I saw a clip of that earlier. I don't know if he, he might have retweeted it. I don't know, but I saw it earlier. Someone compiled, like, all these <laughs> holding penalties and such that were just simply not called, face masks and, you know, pass interferences and all that stuff. It is kind of bizarre. We're I mean, a, we're such a clean team, so it's fine. I'm just, you know what the weird thing is, is that I do, I look, I think instant replay, you know, eye in the sky in tennis, instant replay in hockey, you get one challenge and all that stuff. And, and obviously in football, you get two challenges, but you, you just can't get it that wrong. You can't get it that wrong. So you do have to, you know, look at the, I think they, you have to take a step back if you see a game where it's 10-0 in penalties and be like, so, so who is the crew and, and how many of them are from Philadelphia and, you know, Honestly, should we be checking their accounts? Because that just seems like that disparity is so rare that it seems like it's such an irregular thing that I, I would, if I were the Dolphins, which I think they are right now, they're really upset because they just think that the, that the game got tilted in such a weird direction. But that's just a, a quick, you know, um, a quick rant against, you know, what I think might be an issue that the NFL should fix quickly. But we'll see what happens. All right, Andrew, you're here. Actually, second year in a row. NBA preview, dudes of Davy style. So listen, there's a lot of storylines. Real quick, what do we think was going to happen last year? Ooh, we have to go through the archives. I'm trying to think if I like. I, I think I said the Warriors, which obviously didn't work. I, I remember. This- I, re- I remember Steph's uh, call with the Pelicans yep. to win the West, which actually was looking pretty good until you know they got the wheels fell off. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's always the you know it's always injuries or those sorts of things. But yeah, you, Pelicans look good. You had Bucks Warriors. I had Bucks Warriors. Bucks Warriors. Yeah. Geiger, what did you have? I don't think I was on it. To be honest, I remember listening to you guys. Oh, you might not have been. All right. Well, we're good yeah. to have. We're happy to have you on now this year. Then. Yeah. Excellent. This year it should be better because those picks were horrendous. <laughs> All right. So I think we should start off by really just talking about. You know, what are some of the, you know, what do you think are some of the big storylines? Obviously, we could talk about the trades again that have happened, you know, in the offseason and how those will play out. But, you know, let's go around the horn and talk a little bit about what are the two to three, you know, key storylines that you're looking forward to seeing how they play out? Is it the Joel Embiid Sixer situation, no. which, which seems like a gigantic shit show? 
Um, is it the Lillard and Giannis, you know, but we can't play defense situation in Milwaukee? Uh, obviously, no one is talking about the defending champion Nuggets, which is really funny. You know, I think everybody thinks, you know, that was a fluke and Mike Malone is a, is a, is a one-hit wonder, which I think is a wild, you know, commentary on where we are in, in the NBA. And then you have, you know, how long will Kyrie Irving and, and Luka last? You know, I think the clock is, I think the over-under is at like a month. So, well, let's start with you, Andrew. Give us, a, give us some of your thoughts. So, for me, I think the biggest story in the East, if, we, if we're doing it by uh, conference, I think in the East, it's definitely the, the Boston versus Milwaukee, um, you know, based on the Lillard trade and the Drew Holiday trade and, you know, those two going back and forth for, for Eastern Conference supremacy. I think that'll be really interesting to play out. I think, Steph, I heard you say in a previous pod that um, I think it was, was you who said that maybe – Milwaukee got worse in, the, in this trade, or maybe we were just chatting. Um, but I, I tend to agree with that. I think that the Celtics, by signing Holiday, actually got much better than Milwaukee did by losing Holiday and acquiring Lillard. Um, I think defensively, they're they're much worse, and that's that's a problem for any team that can shut them down on the perimeter, um, which is now Boston, <laughs> right? So um, I think edge Celtics there. In the West, I think... The, the Phoenix, the big three there, the first year for, you know, Durant, um, Booker, and now Bradley Beal, that's going to be interesting, you know, in the mix with the defending champ Nuggets, of course. And then then you have LeBron, who's not going anywhere, King James, back for season, what, 21 or whatever it is, which is insane. Uh, you know, the Lakers were pretty good towards the end of last year, and they're not getting any worse, really. And then, of course, the Warriors aren't going anywhere. So it's just it's a very interesting dynamic. Uh, in the West, I think that conference is still loaded. Um, but I think in the East, you're looking at Milwaukee and Boston um, for for top two seeds. So really good point. I agree um, on obviously on the Bucks. Uh, I think there's a real problem there defensively. Again, you know they can make trades, they can improve their roster. Who knows? Obviously, if we're seeing it, they're seeing it too, right? So you have to sort of you know. Now I will tell you their new head coach, which I believe is is it Adrian Griffin? Yes. Okay. There definitely seems to be smoke and some fire there in terms of his ability to get along with certain personalities. Uh, Jimmy Butler was incredibly vocal about how much he dislikes him. I mean, genuinely dislikes him. And Terry Scotts, who's the former head coach of the Blazers, mm -hmm. obviously coached Lillard almost his entire career, just resigned as the assistant head coach, uh, you know, two weeks or a week before the season starts. So, listen, I'm not saying that's going to mean anything. But I'm just saying that those are two things, two people, you know, well-known NBA play, one player, one former head coach who are definitely not loving uh, his leadership style. So we'll see how that plays out with the roster and the team. But uh, Solon, what are your thoughts on some of the storylines heading into the season? Specifically, I'd love you to start with uh, the Sixers and the Heat. Oh, God. So the Sixers, I, I don't know what they're going to do with Harden. Um, I, I, I don't think... I don't think he's going to play, obviously. If he does, he plays at the very beginning, but he's there's going to be too many antics. Um, I'm not feeling the Sixers this year. I just think there's too many distractions right now, even like in the preseason, everything. Uh, so I'm, I, I'm, I'm a seller of the Sixers. Obviously, I hope they do well, but I'm, I'm a seller. Uh, the Miami Heat, I think, are going to be tough. But, yeah, I agree. I mean, the, the obvious choices are in the East – Boston and Milwaukee. I, I'm very, in terms of Middleton, Giannis, and Lillard offensively, 
Those three I would take over Durant, Booker, and um, Beal. A, Beal from uh, Washington. I, because I just think Dame offensively, he stretches the floor, gives Giannis a little bit of space to operate, and Middleton's a really good uh, spot-up shooter. Um, and, and he can create his own shot. So I think offensively they're great. Obviously everyone's concerned about them defensively, but Giannis seems to, Giannis can clean up a lot for a lot of different players, especially inside, um, and he can guard he can guard anywhere. So I, I do think Milwaukee's going to be better than maybe, but I, I still think Boston's a better team. I think Boston's ready. They're they're tested. They've been to the NBA Finals. Uh, I I actually really you know it's, this isn't like a crazy take because he was the number one pick by like a lot, but Wembenyama looks unreal. Like he looks insane. Like just an absolute freak. I, I was actually not that high on him. But I really am excited, so long as he doesn't get hurt, um, what he does this year, because I think it could be something epic out of the West. I I mean, I sound like a broken record, but I think the Warriors. I still think the Warriors are going to be solid. I think if Chris Paul can hang in there. Pass. Pass. And and play like 15, 20 minutes a game solid, I think he gives them something. The Warriors better make some other trade, because they don't have it. They do not have enough to contend with some of these teams in the West. All right. Look, I mean... Denver's the best team in the West. Obviously, they just won, but Denver really is, considering what they did. What I think will be interesting to you to watch is that, so with the Warriors specifically, I just remember, like, on the road last year, they would sit a lot of their guys, right? Um, You know, get this whole load load management nonsense or whatever it was. Now that the NBA has changed the rules, um, it'll be interesting to see how teams like that with with veterans um, that are now forced to play, essentially, you know how they how they react. Like I, I think the Warriors probably cost themselves eight to ten wins by just sitting dudes. You know, and it mattered um, in the playoffs. It did. Um, and, did and well, hold on though. Know, did did it? They lost what? Them. Right, but did did not winning those eight to ten games in the regular season matter? Seeding? I mean, who knows? I don't remember what they were. They were the six. They, they were the they were the sixth seed, so it didn't matter. I mean, because they, they yeah. had to actually go to Sacramento and play Game Seven there, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, which, which I was convinced they were going to lose, right. and they won. And I mean, it took us a, a Steph, you know, top ten player of all time, yeah. performance, right, yep. to win that. Right. So, so you can argue that that series took a lot out of them, and then they got drilled by the Lakers. But, I don't know. But here, but here's my question though: on the Warriors, though, why haven't they done more? I feel like signing an aging, no disrespect, non-winning mm-hmm. point guard. Who absolutely shows incredible moments that where he's in, you know, can, controls the whole game, he delivers big, and then some games in the playoffs is literally like absent. But why haven't they? And why haven't they added more to the roster? Everybody talks about Kaminga and how they were going to trade. You know, they were going to make a couple trades to really solidify that bench. I feel like that bench isn't that deep, though. Yeah, I mean, look, Chris Paul comes into the mix as this is a different role for him. He comes in as like third, fourth, fifth best player on the team at best, right? So there's less expectations, and he can actually just he, – he's actually not even targeted on this team. They'll have to, like, account for him, but, like, you have to account for Steph with two, three guys all the time. He's the focal point. I think Chris Paul at this stage in his career, obviously he's slow or whatever, um, and he's, you know, he's, I think he's about to be turned 40. But if you give it, if he's not the keyed upon guy, I think he can really do some stuff. He sees the floor better than than anyone I still think in the NBA. 
I agree. I think he's a big asset. And also, you know, don't forget Wiggins missed a ton of games last year. Correct. Um, he just returned for the playoffs. It looks they signed Dario Saric, um, you know, another year of, of Looney and Moody and Kaminga. I was impressed I mean, with Looney, by the way. Well, yeah. first of all, Looney played out of his mind. He did, but that's, the, look, the, he's going to do, if he does anything even close to that this year, then he's a legit center for them. Listen, if they can get the next level out of Kaminga or Moody, mm-hmm. right? One of those half, one of those guys has to graduate to the next level of being able to deliver, mm-hmm. you know, twenty to twenty-two minutes a game where they can really count on them both defensively and offensively. But it's funny when you look at the West. I mean, you know, you mentioned Phoenix's trio. I don't think they're winning anything. I think they're going to score an insane amount of points. I mean, there's going to be some games where the Suns score one hundred and fifty points, right? But I. You know, and my my gut right now tells me that it's the Lakers that are going to come out of the West. I think the Lakers are going to make the championship. I think I think the Gabe Vincent signing is a huge signing. I love the way he plays. His his defensive tenacity. He just came from the Heat culture. He's going to bring some of that with him. You know, he's walking onto a team that like legitimately wanted him badly. I mean, they offered him a real contract. Yeah. And I just feel like you know getting. Uh, just the way that they're constructing this roster right now, you know, obviously D'Angelo Russell is probably going to be traded at some point. I mean, he's he's really just not that good, and I don't think he's good. He's somebody. I think they'll rely on him when they need him desperately if Davis and LeBron are both out, right? And you just need somebody to put up the the twenty shots or twenty five right. shots. But I think Russell's got a really tradable contract. Move that contract before the trade deadline and, and get another couple pieces, just but, like just like they always do. The, these are the following teams in the Pacific Division. You ready? Mm-hmm. The Kings, the Suns, the Clippers, the Warriors, and the Lakers. Wow. All of them mm-hmm. are making the playoffs barring, you know, some sort of injury or whatever, right? That only leaves three, <laughs> three teams from the Northwest and the Southwest. Right, which we know Denver's yeah. won. And, you know, who, who knows who wins the Southwest? I mean, Memphis, New Orleans, Dallas, Houston, San Antonio. It's not going to be Houston or San Antonio. I mean, I think they'll be better, obviously. Um so it, it's very interesting that all five of those teams are, are, are going to make it. Um, in the Northwest, you just have you have Denver, the T-Wolves, the Thunder, the Jazz, and the Blazers. The Jazz and Blazers aren't going anywhere. Um, By the way, the, look, so, I, I would look to the Blazers to potentially be one of those teams that you know ends up making you know, two to three trades with teams within the West. And some of these teams in the West are going to go from really good to potentially great by picking off whether it's uh, was it uh, Drew, Drew Holiday, um, no, not Drew Holiday, uh, uh, Aiden. Uh, well, Aiden, uh, but uh, who's the guy right now uh, that's on the Blazers that re-signed for that large contract? Oh, um, uh, Grant? Grant. Yes, Jeremy Grant. I think Jeremy sure. Grant is going to be traded, and I think he's going to go to a team that you know really needs that second or third scorer where he can sort of hide because he's not amazing, but he's really, really good. Right. Right. Yeah, I, I actually think the Blazers, they could be, not this year, but the following year. I mean, I, I think what they did this year was actually really interesting. I think they're, I think they're going to be a little bit better than what, you, what people expect. The West is really hard to make the playoffs, so I don't anticipate that. But I, I could see them like in, a, in like the play-in tournament. Well, how about the fact that that GM you know, wouldn't really, like, would not give in to the Heat? And got yeah. a, and got a much better deal. I, I, look, I like that move. I mean, you can't ask for one team, a trade, and then to one team. It's like I, it doesn't matter like how respected you are. Like that's an insane thing to do to a team. 
Yeah, so so basically you have five teams that are almost guaranteed spots barring like tremendous injury in the West, and then you have another like 12 to 13 teams vying for three spots. Yeah. So well, who do you think makes it then? Andrew, who are your final three out of those 13? In the West? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, honestly, I, I have... I, it's so difficult to pick. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of with Lon. I think the Warriors are the Warriors until they're not the Warriors. You know, it's tough to count them out. But then again, you've got LeBron. So I kind of agree with Steph too, <laughs> with LeBron and AD and that cast of characters. No, but what, but what I'm saying is who are the other three teams that make it to the playoffs? Well, I know. I mean, so I'm, I'm just trying to, I'm looking at the actual teams as I'm going. The Thunder were up and coming, you know, towards the end of last year. They made the play-in tournament. They beat the Pels. Um, the Mavs, Luca, it's, it's the West is a, it's just a nightmare. If I, if I had to pick right now, I would say the Mavs, the Pelicans and the Thunder. Mm-hmm. Well, I, 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 I definitely, what do I you think, Lon? No, I agree with those. I think those are, and I would maybe put the Blazers possibly in there to make the playoffs. Possibly. Okay. I like that. To, right. to be that's, sneaky. That's, that's a little that's a I know to be sneaky right. in the in the play in. I, I think this I think this rookie uh was it Henderson? I think he's really good. Yeah, Scoot. Scoot Scoot's I, gonna I, be good. I think he's good. So I'm gonna go OKC for sure. I can't wait mm-hmm. to watch them on uh, honestly on, on on the league pass. I think they're gonna be one of the best teams to watch on League Pass. Um I'm a huge proponent of uh how they've like literally like, you know. Chet, I think I don't know if you've watched Chet Holmgren in the in the preseason in the summer league. He looks like a beast. Uh, I just really, really hope that Chet and Wembyama both stay healthy. I'd love to see them this season. Like I'd love to see sixty games from each, sixty, sixty-four games from each. And I think I think the NBA will just be better for it. I agree. Right, having that type of talent like on display night in and night out. So I I, I agree. I think OKC. Uh, I think you know there's a lot of people talking about the Clippers. I don't know how you yeah. can get behind the Clippers. No, based on the fact that we've we, we have no we have no sample size of what these two can do together on a consistent basis. I don't know. I just I mean, betting on George and Leonard staying healthy for this season, getting to the playoffs, and making a deep run. I mean, you've got to. I mean, those odds have to be. Yeah, I mean, either of those players, guys playing more than sixty games, like I, I would, you can't you can't depend on that. You just can't. I mean, obviously, we haven't seen it, but like, you can't depend on that. No. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. Yeah, I mean, with the Clippers, just one other thing. I mean, that's really the only team that Russell Westbrook has really fit in well with, though. It's my guy. Um, yeah. I mean, he. They were legitimately not bad towards the end of last year, and Westbrook, you know, put up some some big numbers uh, with that team. And again, now that Kawhi can't sit out every other game. Uh, I'm interested to see how they do. And Ty Lue's, you know, Ty Lue's won titles, so, you know, they're well-coached. Um, Westbrook is the tough. most clutch player for the other team in the final three minutes I've ever <laughs> seen. He, he, his decision-making is so atrocious. It's unreal. I mean, he's incredibly but talented. They, but, but, if, but if they get Harden, you know. That, oh, oh, that oh wow. Great. Yes. Can they get Kyrie, too? <laughs> I, well, I no, want them all. Harden to the Clippers is, the you know, that's the, the leading rumor, right, that's been around for a while. They just haven't been able to pull it off. If they have Harden and Westbrook and Kawhi and Paul George, I mean, it sounds I mean, like a nightmare from a coaching perspective, but it's interesting. All, listen, all in L.A.? Oh, my God. Listen, they, they, <laughs> listen, Harden will definitely turn that leaf. He will be a consummate professional. 
He will stay home at night ordering food and just watch game film. I really think that they're going to get the best of Harden. I really do. I really do. He's really let's turned not, it around. Let's, let's shift gears to the East and let's talk about your Knicks for yeah. a second. Listen, um, my opinion of the Knicks is we're good. We're not great. I think we're. I think Quentin Grimes is going to have a terrific season. I'm incredibly leery of signing quickly to a major contract. I, I'm, ha- I, I'm having palpitations thinking about him signing that contract. So I do think I would trade him, honestly. I would trade quickly. I think that'll be a move that people get a little bit upset about, but I would trade him. And uh, look, I mean, honestly, I don't think the Knicks can go past the second round of the playoffs with Julius Randle. Um, I... I, I yeah. I agree with you. I appreciate I appreciate his heart. I appreciate sometimes the craziness he brings, but he's so inconsistent. I went to a couple of the playoff games against the Heat, and he looked like he couldn't hit the ocean. So it's it's really hard to make it you know make it far in the playoffs when you have a guy like that. And by the way, not only do you have a guy like that, he thinks he is the guy. So like I mean you know he, he believes that he should be taking twenty five shots a game. Um, it's just really hard. And look, I love Brunson, uh, documented. I think he's incredible. I think he was one of the greatest signings the Knicks have made in 30 years. Uh, and this is year two for him. So I do think as, as you look at the next contract, you want to start to think about, let's not waste Brunson right now. You know, we have a true point guard, a true floor general that can run this team. Uh, I'm not even married to RJ Barrett anymore. Uh, I think he's got a, you think he's a great kid. He's got great work ethic. But if, if I have to watch another, you know, three games in a row where he can't hit the ocean and then three games in a row where he's white hot, I'm, I'm exhausted. I'm already tired from that. So we're good. We're not great. We'll win, I don't know, 45 games, maybe 47 if we get a little hot. I don't think we're going to make much noise. I think between the Celtics and the Bucks, uh, you know, those are the two teams. Those two teams are just so far superior I think in the East to many of the other teams. I mean, we could touch on the Heat right now. Uh, the Heat lost a couple key role players. They're really good at filling those spots in, though. That that rookie uh, Jimenez from UCLA. I mean, I've watched him enough to know for a fact that he can play. He can absolutely ball. Yeah. And I think Jimmy Butler has already taken a liking to him. Yeah, I mean, look, the the Heat are. I don't think they can get past Milwaukee and Boston. The way last year was. Jimmy played like the best player in the NBA for for probably a month, which you kind of expect. Um, and then I think he tweaked himself a little bit in that Knicks series. I don't think he was like completely the same. But I, I don't think they they lo- they lost some key pieces, you know, in that in that run um, from that run last year. So I mean, I think I think Boston and Milwaukee are clearly the best teams now. So. I think the Heat will make it the second round, but going back to your Knicks real quick, like I feel like they should just gut the team and leave Brunson and just figure out something else. I mean, gut would be hard to do, but I mean, and I do think we have you know pieces like Mitchell Robinson, but he's on a great contract. If we want to trade him, Hartenstein's in the in the second year of a two year contract with the third year uh, team option. I mean, we've got some good players. I just don't think. I mean. By the way, when you look but, at the but East, you have a superstar now. You have a, you have, no, I agree. You have a superstar point guard who does uh, not shy away I, from the I moments. I don't know about that. See, my my whole thing with the Knicks is I don't think they have a superstar. You don't think it's superstar? I think okay. all the other teams, all the other teams that are in the top teams in either conference, they have superstars. 
Brunson, I mean, Brunson's not even an all-star, right? It went Randall was the all-star. I agree now that Brunson is an all-star caliber player, but he's not a superstar. Um, if you watch, I think he's close. If you watch how he plays in the playoffs, like he, he he's like a not not fully Jimmy, but he was almost like Jimmy. Yeah, I mean, he, look, he got hot in the playoffs, and that's fine. Um, and I do think he's the best player on the team. I think what's good about the Knicks is that they they do have a lot of assets, mm-hmm. and they do have room, you know, cap wise to kind of make a move. Like I, I think the Knicks would be one of those teams. You know, they can dump Fournier, who's not going to play. We we, we, uh, we can't dump him. Nobody wants him. Well, whatever. But, you know, so, someone might take the contract halfway through the season. Like, you, you could improve that roster. Yes. I think they're, like, one superstar away from being legitimately pretty good and a threat to win that um, or be right up there with Celtics and then the Heat um, and the Sixers. Well, but, but, but Geiger, to your yeah. point, look at the – when you so we looked at the West, right? And, I mean, it was automatic. Five teams in the playoffs. What are you going to do for the other yeah. three spots? When you look at the yeah. East – Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe I'm looking at it the wrong way, but it seems like it's semi-atrocious. <laughs> I mean, after after the Bucks and the Celtics, the drop-off is, I think yeah. the next level is, is it Cleveland? Is that the next level in the East? Probably. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, you've got the Celtics. The Celtics, I mean, even Sixers are a bit weird because you don't even know how they're going to be. The Celtics, Bucks, I, I guess the Heat are the best team in the Southeast. I don't by default, the Hawks, the Wizards, the Magic, and the Hornets are all not good, right? So the Heat almost by default win that division. Right. Um, right. The Heat I, couldn't I have done what they did last year, this year. I just don't think that they could do No, it. no. Even to if they me, played out of their mind. I think the surprise team in the East um, could be the Pacers. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'd let, you know, they're well coached. They're young. They, they play at a nice tempo. You know, Halliburton is Halliburton's really good. He didn't. I don't think he played enough games to like qualify for a lot of the statistical leaders last year because he missed a bunch. But he basically averaged like 20, 10, and 10 as a point guard, which is pretty crazy. And no one really talks about him because he's in, in Indiana. Um, but that but that team with you know with with Heald and Mathurin, they 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 picked you know that was a nice pickup for them in the draft. Um, I, I think they're going to be a surprise in the central, which which is pretty weak outside of Milwaukee. No, I mean, I think the Pacers are... I mean, I think the Pacers are going to be a really hard team to play night in and night out. They also signed Bruce Brown. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And I know it sounds silly, but you know, Obi Toppin is, is not a bad player. And if he's coming off the bench or if he's coming in, or even if he's starting some games, I just think this team is going to be... It's going to be a hard team to play night in and night out. Like, they're going to really push you. And I think physically, they're almost like an old-school team, the way that they're configured. I mean, this is not a small team, and I think they've got a lot of, you know, a, a lot of wings, and I think that you're going to see them, you know, you're, you're going to see them as, a, I, I agree with you, they are definitely going to be a surprise team that's going to give people some trouble uh, throughout this season. I agree with that. Uh, yeah. Do you think that there's any validity to the Donovan Mitchell, to the Knicks still? Uh, you know, they they talk about how, He's on the Cavs. You know, the Cavs gave up, a, you know, a ton of picks and a ton of, you know, players. Uh, but, you know, last year's loss in the playoffs was brutal for them. Uh, they, you know, they. I think everybody likes Donovan Mitchell in Cleveland. I don't, think, I don't think they love him. And there's definitely some chatter that the Knicks are monitoring the situation. The Knicks, as you said, have a ton of assets, a lot of picks, a lot of players. They could definitely make a trade 
that is probably less aggressive than what Ainge was asking for, but commensurate with, you know, giving Cleveland, again, a couple of key pieces and some good picks. But I just don't know if getting Donovan Mitchell changes the Knicks, uh, you know, uh, you know, um, floor, you know, ceiling. I think the Knicks would rather Mobley than Mitchell, honestly. I mean, I get it. He's like, he's a garden kind of player, right? Like he's, he will bring energy. He will hit some big shots. He will have, give you some moments. I'm just not sure he's like really the kind of guy who can like really win. Because it's funny, when you look at the Cavs roster, I mean, the Cavs roster is really good. It's good, but, they're, but the, there's something missing. Obviously, when, obviously, but no, but when you watch them, they're super talented. They played well all season, but like they're, they're just kind of disjointed. Well, what's crazy is what Mitchell Robinson and Hardenstein, but Mitchell Robinson did to both Mobley and Jared Allen. I mean, that was crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, if you're a Cavs fan, you're, you're incredibly nervous about going up against a team like that who has a center that can dominate like that. Well, and that, that's, you know, they, they got exposed by the Knicks in the playoffs, right? It seemed like the Knicks controlled the glass. And then the Cavs' biggest moves in the offseason were to get Struess, perimeter shooter, and Nyang, who's really the same. Like, I don't think they really improved to what their, you know, what their weakness was. I mean, they have, they have more depth now, but I don't think they're any better. Um, but they're still good enough to make the playoffs in the East. It'd be interesting to see if they chose to move Jared Allen and bring in somebody with a little bit more grit, probably going to be three to four inches shorter, but a little bit more grit and tenacity to, to push around a Mitchell Robinson or, you know, in the playoffs. Because in the playoffs, you just got, you know, there is bully ball in the playoffs. And the Knicks, that's what the Knicks did to the Cavs, which is like crazy because nobody expected that. So uh, I think the East, though, I mean, as we're talking about this, I mean, the East is just really wide open in terms of, you know, yeah. three, to, three to six. I think it's really wide open, yeah. and I don't think it matters. <laughs> Honestly, I'm just telling you. Know you. What's also wide open? you know what's also wide open that we didn't talk about? This new uh, in-season tournament. Right. That is cool. <laughs> It'll be interesting. Which, uh, I mean, it's something. It's something new. We don't really know what to expect. I think – on its face, it's it it means well. I mean, it's anything that you can give the the players an extra incentive to play regular season, one hundred percent of the, you know in regular season games. Um, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. I'm I'm at least at moderately intrigued by it. Yeah, well, it's funny. Like the like the play in tournament. At first, I was like, "Is that serious?" It was awesome, by the way. Like it's a, it's a really great thing. Well, look, the the play in concept is genius, it right? Is. Because it's all about you know win and in, lose and go home, and you know March Madness perfected that. They really did, right? And I think that's what the NBA sort of stole a little bit. But this play in tournament in the middle of the season, I mean, I'm not quite sure. I completely understand it. Uh, I'm not quite sure why I'm going to be that interested in it. I mean, I guess it'll be better than a regular season game. So sure. I mean that there's some, I mean, it's also going to be, you know, I think, isn't that week like, you know, 14, 15, 16 of the NFL season or something like that. It's like, well, I mean, whatever it is, I think I'm all for, I mean, the biggest problem I found as a fan was really these, these superstars checking out of regular season games. Right. And I know we talked about it with the load management stuff earlier, but this is now a half a dozen games that in theory, everyone has to be all in for, right? So the competitive right. balance is the competitive level of the games is going to be, you know, top notch, which is really what the NBA needs to do because it was a big problem for fans that 
you know, would pay top dollar to come see Steph Curry play. And he's sitting, you know, in sweats on the bench, you know, taking selfies with fans, you know. What, um, what is the new rule? They can't take off. They have to play, what, at least 60 games or something? 62? I think it was 65. They 65? have to play 60, 65 games in order to be eligible for any of the all-NBA. Major rewards. Right, all pro- right. right exactly. Yeah. All right. And right. that matters because it, it's interesting because a lot of those guys, uh, obviously, is why they did it. They have incentives in their contracts for those things. So, yeah, they, they have to care. Well, yeah, the, mat, the, you know, the super max and the max, those right. kick in. I mean, there's a lot of there's definitely a lot of stuff tied to the number of games played. And I think and it specifically now it's a number. You know, a lot of things are tied now to the awards that you win. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you, the difference between making first you know, team and third team is significant. It's, and 65 yeah, games and is Jaylen, like... Jaylen Brown. I think Jalen Brown in the Celtics, because he made all NBA, it was eligible for some, you know, half a billion dollar contract or whatever it was that they, they signed him to. You know, there were, there have been clips of him practicing his left hand. Seriously? Yep. That's amazing. hundred <laughs> percent. That's a fact. Uh, can we talk about the Pelicans just for a little bit? It's your local team. Uh, mm-hmm. I have an enormous fondness for the franchise, except for one player. Um, I'm hopeful that he plays the whole season. What is the expectation like right now in New Orleans of Zion and this upcoming season? Expectations are high. Um, what's interesting about the Pelicans in the preseason, they've experimented with having Zion play center. So he's, he's, he's been out there at the five because he's actually a really good passer. Um, I mean, if he stays healthy, they're going to be very good, just as they were last year. There's no doubt about it. I mean, you saw it last year, Steph. I mean, they were literally the top seed in the West at the end of January and then Zion got hurt and then, you know, the wheels came off and they ended up, you know, in the, I think they were in the plan tournament, but you know, the roster's loaded uh, again, you know, with Alvarado, Dyson Daniels, they drafted Jordan Hawkins, Ingram, Herb Jones, um, CJ, Trey Murphy, you know, Nance, Valanchunas, Zion. I mean, these, <laughs> it's a great you know, roster. It's insane. It, like, you know, teams would kill for the, for this sort of depth. Um, you know, coaching is not the problem. It's really just staying healthy and they just haven't been able to do it. And so the expectation is hopefully they can stay on the court. I'm, I'm curious when it comes to Zion and health, right? Um, new, new, uh, Lonnie just let me know that the Rangers are winning 10 2 over the Astros. So that's a you know, quick update for our listeners out there, you know, to, to put an end to Altuve and Bregman. It's good for sport, it's good for the world, good for society. <laughs> It's the positive light in the, in, the, in the world of darkness at the moment. I feel good now. Uh, but going back to Zion, I want him so badly, so badly to play the whole season, even 65 games, whatever. Uh, I do think if he plays 65 or 70 games, he'll be like, you know, top seven in assists. I do think he's that good a passer. Uh, you know, at least, I, you know. I think if he plays 65 games, he's the MVP of the NBA. Ooh. I actually do feel like that. That's an interesting call. He'll be right there with uh, Jokic and Giannis if he plays 65, 70 games. He was well on his way last year. Yeah. yeah. Really well. So yeah. I'm curious. So Zion, health. Obviously, Zion went through a lot of off-court issues uh, as the as last season went on. Do you think that, you know, have you heard or listened to the fact that he's made changes that make you feel like he's he's, he's on the right track? Yeah. I mean, the, the, the team in the offseason – um, brought in a whole new training staff of like Zion's guys. Like they cleaned house with, with the old uh, training staff and brought in guys that Zion had worked with in the off season, um, you know, up in, up in Portland. And so now they're on staff. So I, I think 
headspace wise, Zion's probably in the best place of his career. And physically, he looks looks great. Um, you know, it's really just I think his 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 where he is mentally is the most important thing with him, so long as the physical part works. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm expecting some some pretty big things. Uh, curious, this summer, uh, I believe uh, Ingram right was on Team USA, and there seemed to be a significant, you know, concern that he was not featured. Uh, actually, he was benched pretty much. Do you think that will impact him? Because I thought that Brandon Ingram's trajectory for the last three years was nothing but up, and I loved watching him play, and he seemed to really you know, feel more comfortable in his own skin, which apparently was a real issue on the Lakers. Again, it was very situational, but he couldn't get his footing on the Lakers. Do you think, you know, the summer will have any type of, you know, impact on him? I think those Team USA, you can't take much out of that. And there's a bunch of, like, alpha dogs playing on the same roster. They all want to get their shots up. And then sometimes they play small ball. You know, they're playing Austin Reeves 35 minutes. And, you know, it's just it, that's not really, like, Ingram's game. I don't think – I don't have any issues – I don't think at all that Ingram is going to be, you know, anything less than he has been for the past few years on the Pelicans team. He fits perfectly with them. He really does. He's one of the few guys in the league that can always, like, get a shot off. You know, he's kind of like a homeless person's Durant in that way. Like, he can just – no one can really guard him. Um, so, I, I don't have any problem with it. I, I don't think you can take much away from the Olympic stuff. So – The world – so Lon, so your call is if Zion plays 65 games, you think he wins MVP? I think he's in the running with those two other guys. Okay. I, I think he's I think he's in it. it, it I don't know if it's hard. It's hard to No, I like the call. I like the call. I just a lot. think he's so I, I think he's so talented and we saw we've seen snippets of what he can do. He just has to stay on the floor and he has to be like engaged, right? That that's it. Right? Like, he's unbelievable. I have a question for Andrew. This was something that me and Stefan were discussing earlier, which is, this. you don't think this is LeBron's last season, right? Like, you think he probably needs a, uh, a parade goodbye uh, to every stadium? So, like, he'll play this year as if it's, like, his last to, like, try to win, but next year it would be more like, a, you know, uh, a wave uh, goodbye? A farewell tour. I don't think we've really seen that since, like, like Kareem, right? Oh, Kobe I mean, did I, it. I did he? Yeah, okay. Kobe yeah. did one. Uh, yeah, 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 Kobe had it. Yeah, oh, Le- LeBron will want to have one. He will? Oh, yeah. He'd want a whole year dedicated to people telling him how amazing <laughs> he is? Yeah. That's so strange. He, he's going to wow. take, he might take two. I don't know. You know what would be amazing? If he didn't have a farewell tour. <laughs> I might like him a lot more. But I think your your year's off. I don't think that's happening anytime soon. I think he's he's got this season with, with the Lake Show and then... I, Again, I mean, I, I thought that the plan was to play with Bronny. I mean, I know Bronny had the, the health yeah. scare, but it seems like he's going to play for, for SC. So we're two, two years away from him being in the NBA. It's unbelievable. And then if the other kid wants to get in the league. I mean, who knows? I right. mean, right. Bryce is supposed you, to be very good. Well, here's, here's a follow up yeah. question to that. All right. So let's say we all agree that LeBron is really going to do everything he physically can to play in the NBA with his sons. Okay. Now, 25 years, 25 year career. Four more years. Do we all agree? Wow. Do we all agree that he's going to want to play with them on the same team? Yes. Okay, great. What team is that? Your New York Knicks. No. I agree. I agree. <laughs> oh, the Knicks? Yeah. That'd be insane. Yeah, I agree. 
I think we're going to get a 54-year-old LeBron who's going to be playing with his two children, and somehow, some way, that becomes his swan song. Like, he comes yeah. to the Knicks, the biggest stage there is, to play at the Garden for one to two seasons with his sons, and, you know, all the, all the New York media eat it up like it's a, you know, a buffet in Vegas at 4 a.m., and uh, I think that's what happens. But why not just do that in L.A.? I think it could also happen in Cleveland. Oh, that would be insane. Well, it's interesting. He could uh, he could definitely go home and do that because the person yeah. that he can't stand there is really no longer, unfortunately, you know, for medical reasons, running the team, Dan Gilbert. So uh, Dan Gilbert's really not running the team anymore. So I think he would he would consider going back there without any bad blood. Mm-hmm. Cleveland, yeah. yeah. I mean, the other thing too is, yes, yeah, it's twenty first season, but he's still only thirty eight. Right, and he yeah. and he prides himself on you know he he looks at Brady and he's like oh I can I can play I'm not gonna play till 45 quarterbacks different but like but I think he looks at Brady he's like oh how many years did he play okay I'm gonna I'm gonna try to do that I he, totally agree that in his I think head, that's in his head it's in his like head. how did Brady right. do it I want to I want to show that kind of longevity all right yeah. so I think we're getting to this point in the pod where you know let's start to put out some predictions I think we should predict the finals and I think we should predict a winner. And I think we should also each predict, if we can, you know, who we believe will win MVP, and then who do we think is going to be the total surprise breakout team of the, of the you know, you could go East and West, but breakout team of this season, 2023-2024. So who wants to start? I'll start. I think, I think it's going to be a really tight series between Boston and Milwaukee. I just think that... Milwaukee will pull it out. I think Milwaukee has more firepower. I could see Dame having an insane game. Him and Giannis together are tough, but it's going to be really tight between the two of them. Western Conference, I have, I have the Warriors, Warriors, Lakers, Warriors, Lakers, and then um, I think the winner is Milwaukee. So Milwaukee versus the oh Milwaukee versus the Lakers. Okay. Okay. And Milwaukee wins the, wins the championship. I think Milwaukee's going to win. Okay. I actually do. I think they'll put enough pieces, whether or not they do an in-season trade, to build out areas where they can see they're weaker. I, th- I think they're going to get it done. I think those three guys are – two of them have already won an NBA title. They know how to win. And Dame, Dame's an unreal offensive player, and he's the closest thing we have to Steph in the NBA, honestly. So I, I, think, I think they're all motivated too. What's my sleeper? My sleeper is the Sixers. No. Um, my sleeper is... I think the Sixers will be sleeping on many nights. They may be. I, you know what? I like that Indiana call. I think Halliburton is going to pick his game up a little bit more. I actually think the Thunder could do something serious. I think the Thunder will make some noise for I, sure. I think they will. All right, so Andrew, we'll go to you. So maybe it's because I recently binge-watched the crap out of Winning Time. Uh, But I am rolling with an old-school Lakers-Celtics final with with Boston beating L.A., uh, which would be really fun. That finals would be really fun to watch, I think. Um, As far as an MVP goes, I think it'll be tough for someone to come out of either of those teams to be MVP just because there's so many superstars. Um, I don't hate, 
I don't hate Lon's call of Zion as as a potential MVP. I think the Pelicans have a really good season. I think they get a top three seed, and I think Zion's a contender for 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 MVP. Right. Is it, oh, so I, I didn't give MVP, but I, I think I think Zion is in there. I think Giannis wins it this year. So my finals, which I think I told you mm-hmm. a couple of days ago, is definitely uh, Larry Bird versus Magic Johnson, uh, just the 2023-24 version. But in my storybook ending, which I cannot believe I'm going to go on the record and say this, the Lakers are going to win the championship. Wow. LeBron will win another ring, uh, which will obviously uh, be wonderful for everyone out there who's a huge LeBron supporter. Uh, I just believe that the depth of that roster, uh, I think we all underestimate Rob Palinka. I think this man pulled off an insane amount of moves last year that you know you, nobody knew exactly what he was doing until you realized that he just made the roster so much better. I think, again, and I think all of our predictions have the caveat of injuries, so we'll just go with that. But you know, the Lakers are going to... I think the Lakers are going to kick some real ass this year, if I'm being honest. I think they're going to make some teams really... I think they're going to bully you. They're going to, they're going to, they're going to manhandle you. I think this team is, is going to have a personality and an edge to it, and I think there's no stopping them. And I think, unfortunately for Boston, it's going to be a buzzsaw when they meet the Lakers, and I just think they're not going to be able to handle it. And another thing with the Celtics, they have a great you know four, you know whatever you want to call it, Brown, Tatum... Holiday and Przingis, Przingis, whatever. Uh, I, I think Przingis, I don't think he can stay healthy for the whole year. I just don't. I don't see it possible. I think he's too big. I think he's. I think he's going to have feet issues, leg issues. He's not going to make it. And then they're going to. Then they're going to have a problem with with big men. And I think the Lakers are going to just steamroll them in five. Wow. So so we all have the Lakers in the NBA Finals. We do. Okay. All right. That's that's wow. interesting. Only one of us has them winning, though, just so we're clear. Right. No, no, All right. No, we and in terms of oh, MVP, we're clear. Good. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. We're in here. terms of MVP, uh, I really don't want to pick anybody. I, I, I don't want Giannis to win it again. I don't want Jokic to win it again. I don't want Embiid. I don't want these guys to win it again. I don't. I, I think it's got to have to be somebody new that comes to the forefront. SGA. Uh, so uh, there are two guys that I'm going to call out, and we didn't even talk about the Timberwolves even though I think that it's, you know, I love Anthony Edwards. I think he's going to have a serious year, but I don't think that team can go very far in its present construction. But I do believe that SGA is primed to take the Thunder to the second or third round of the playoffs. And I think if they do snag a top four seed, I think that SGA wins the MVP. I think, you know, you hear all this stuff about yourself, and at some point you have to decide, am I going to show everybody that I can do it? And I think he has started to do it. And I think he knows that the moment is here. It's right in front of him. And his team, this is the best team he's ever going to have to play with at this moment in his career. I agree. So, and that, and that, that's why I think they're going to be sleepers. And I think Josh Giddy could be an all-star. Love, love, love Giddy. I, I just, I love the whole, oh. they just have a ton of talent, a ton of talent. So I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a SGA for MVP. All right. I like it. Let, let me just ask one question. Is, is John Morant like, Gonna play this year? Like I don't even like what's happening. Yeah, game twenty six. Right, yeah. no, no, I know it's twenty five games, but like like is he like gonna actually play and like Well the the problem is with the with the Grizzlies, and I can't believe this just happened yesterday, but Steven Adams is out for the year. So he missed the second half of all of last year, and everybody talked about the adult in the room, yada yada yada. But everyone's like, Okay, good, we get a healthy Steven Adams, and then we get Marcus Smart, and this team has got like an incredible amount of like 
grit and defense. Adams is out again for the whole season. I think it's a major blow to the team. I know that, you know, between Bain and Smart and, you know, uh, Jared Jackson, I mean, they have other players. I just think that they, they, they really have to try and tread water while Ja is out. I do think Ja comes back, though, and plays phenomenal. So I think the Grizzlies are going to be, you know, very interesting, you know, you know, 30, 35 games into the season because they're going to be, you know, re-energized. But, uh, you know, we'll see. Maybe the men, maybe they, look, I think they're well coached. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, I really hope Ja comes back and shows everybody what the league missed because he's an incredible talent. And, he is. you know, he's Derek Rose-esque, whatever you want to call it. It's so crazy. Him and, I, I, him and we, Zion we, were yeah. one and two in the draft. So crazy. And for my most improved team, I know I mentioned the Pacers before, but um, in the West, for me, it's the Rockets. Ooh. And I don't think it's particularly close. I think they um, they did a really sneaky job in the offseason compiling like a really interesting roster with talented young dudes and also veterans like, you know, Jeff Green, um, Dylan Brooks. <laughs> Van you know, Fleet. Ola- Oladipo, you know, and Van Fleet. Got, yeah, Van Fleet. And, and then you have all the, the youngsters that they've drafted over the past few years. Um, and it's just an interesting, and then of course, you know, with um, uh, Udoka now as the head coach. So I, I think they are, you know, I don't expect them to make the playoffs, but I think they're going to make a big leap this year. I think the playoffs, uh, I think the Rockets do make the playoffs. Yeah, it's, it's possible. Yeah, I, I think th- they do. They could be. They could be in the plan. I'm glad you brought them up. I think we, you know, you don't want to sleep on them. I think the moves they made were, were very calculating. You know, I think they, I don't know if, I mean, I'm sure everybody read, but, you know, Harden wanted to go to the Rockets and Udoka was like, no, we're good. So that's a fact. That's a fact. Yeah. So yeah. obviously Harden was incredibly upset and disappointed by that. And, good. you know, I think, uh, I think Udoku, I think he's going to do some really nice things with this team. And like you said, the combination of the youth but it's not just youth. They've got now second and third year players who are now going to make that jump. And when you have like the Van Fleets and the Dylan Brookses and the Jeff Greens of the world to ground them, I think that team's going to win, honestly, 44, 45 games. And I think they're going to be, and I do think they'll be in the play and, and they have a chance to, you know, once you're in the plane, you know, anything can happen. Anything. I mean, the bull, the Bulls had the heat, would you say, you know, basically on the on the ropes in the fourth quarter yeah yeah so and then the, then the heat win that game and go on to make the finals it's unbelievable right it's all right that that's the thing is hey, the rockets are a great call by the way yeah damn it yeah i think i, I do think the that, rock that the rockets a, that was a really good one I, I didn't even think about the rockets they're like weren't even on my radar uh so listen so it has been awesome doing this pod yep. on the eve of the uh 2023-24 nba season uh i think i'm looking forward to uh Make, tracking all of our predictions and see uh, and see who's right and who's not. I can't believe I'm actually going to be rooting for the Lakers to win. Oh my <laughs> God, what a long season this is going to be. This is going to be a really will, long season. I'm sure Alon and I will be there reminding you of that for I'm, the next few months. I'm putting a LeBron poster on your ceiling. Oh my God. <laughs> you have to rip off the Larry Bird one then. It's fine. Uh, well, listen, Andrew, thanks so much for joining us as usual. Yeah, Andrew, thank you again. And Lon, and Lon, good luck tomorrow with the Phillies, man. We're pulling for you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm looking forward to it. All right, guys, that's a wrap. Uh, Dudes of Davey, October 23rd. We are looking forward to seeing you back soon. We'll be back in about two to three weeks. We've got some great guests lined up. And the next pod we do uh, might just be a little bit of a teaser. Might just be about an insider who knows the Knicks really, really well. Yep. So looking forward to that pod. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Be well. Great night. Later.